0: Welcome to The Hammer, where we hit the nail on the head with insights from the world of Canadian renovation and custom home contracting.
1: Welcome to The Hammer. I'm your editor and host, Caitlin Seacord. In this episode, we are joined by Vice Chair Jack Slaughter of the Ontario Labor Relations Board and Jeremy Ambraska, Employment and Labor Lawyer at Sherrard Cruz LLP to discuss aging workforce, apprenticeships, and training within the construction sector. Without further ado, Vice Chair Slaughter and Jeremy, tell us a bit more about yourselves and your experience within the industry.
2: Uh, Thank you, Jeremy and Caitlin. Well, let me tell you a little bit about myself. I grew up in the West End of Toronto. I'm a graduate of Swansea Public School in Humberside Collegiate. I have a degree in economics from the University of Toronto, which I obtained in 1980. I also have a degree in law, which I obtained from Osgoode Hall Law School in 1983. I was called to the bar in 1985. Thereafter, for about 10 years, I was the in-house lawyer for the operating engineers, Local 793. Uh, For about eight years after that, I was the lawyer for the Carpenters District Council of Ontario. And for the last 20 years or so, I've been a vice chair at the Ontario Labour Relations Board. So I'm familiar with owner clients, home builders, general contractors, specialty contractors, and renovation contractors. I also sit as a private arbitrator under various construction and non-construction collective agreements, and I'll turn it over to Jeremy.
0: Uh, Thanks, Vice Chair Slaughter and uh, Caitlin, happy to be here. So as you mentioned, uh, my name is Jeremy Ambraska, and I'm a lawyer at Sherrod Coos, which is one of Canada's uh, leading employment and labour law firms, and we exclusively represent employers across a wide variety of industries and jurisdictions, but we have a broad uh, construction practice for both unionized and non-unionized employers. Uh, Like Vice Chair Slaughter, I'm from the city of Toronto, uh, attending Monarch Park Collegiate for high school and Queens University for both my undergraduate and law degree. I've been at Sherrod Coup since 2018 as a summer student, and I've been a lawyer with the firm since September, 2021. Uh, I have a broad practice, but a good portion of that revolves around the construction industry representing employers, both specifically in union and non-unionized environments, and I have family members in the construction industry, and I have spent a couple summers also doing some small construction work, so the industry is close uh, and near and dear to my heart.
1: Thank you both for uh, sharing a little bit more about yourselves and for joining us today. The construction industry often relies on experienced workers to guide and train apprentices. Vice Chair Slaughter, can you discuss how business and trade associations can foster a culture of mentorship and knowledge transfer to ensure valuable skills and expertise can be passed along as older generations of workers retire?
2: Yes, I can, Caitlin. I can think of perhaps four separate but related streams. Uh, One stream would be union management uh, training centers, and I can give you a couple examples of those. One of them is the interior finishing system. Training Center. Uh, The employer partner there is the Interior Systems Contractors Association. Also, participants are the Carpenters Union and the Painters Union. Uh, They train people in drywall installation and finishing, uh, EIFS and stucco work, and also hazardous materials, the handling and uh, disposal of same. Another organization is the Operating Engineers Training Institute of Ontario.
1: joint
2: of ontario and the operating engineers union it trains tower and mobile crane operators and also earth moving machine operators a second venue would be community colleges for example humber college offers a plumbing apprenticeship program fanshaw college offers a sheet metal apprenticeship program and they are done in conjunction with uh, local apprenticeship committees which are uh, again joint ventures of the various unions and their employer counterparts for the plumbers it would be the united association of journeymen of the plumbing and pipe fitting industry of the united states and canada which is quite a mouthful and among others the mechanical contractors association of ontario for the sheet metal workers it would be the sheet metal workers union and the ontario and toronto sheet metal contractors associations thirdly there are private colleges one example is the fifth wheel which offers uh, training to truck drivers And more traditionally, and certainly not to be excluded, is training by the employers themselves. Sometimes there's specialized training in conjunction with suppliers. For example, I can think of members of the carpenters' union that are trained to install a type of countertop called Corian. And there's the traditional training. It can be by family members, father to son, or these days to daughter, and of course, uh, journey persons to apprentices. All of those uh, methods can apply.
1: Thank you for sharing, Vice Chair Slaughter. Uh, Jeremy, any thoughts on the benefits of these mentorship programs, both for apprentices and the industry as a whole?
0: Yeah, so I think there's a, a number of, of benefits, and and as Vice Chair Slaughter touched upon, there's there's a robust industry practice in terms of uh, training. But in broad strokes, I think the benefits to apprentices uh, are similar to the benefits to those in the industry. First, is having a culture both informal informal of knowledge transfer. I think this is uh, extremely important given the state of the market with the skilled trades gap. So it's important that the speed and exposure of knowledge transfer is important and that mentorship programs can help to ensure that that, pro- that best practices are shared and standardized um, and upskill workers as quickly as possible. Again, for apprenticeships, specifically for apprentices, uh, access to knowledge and skill development is one thing, but there's also the fact that apprenticeships the vast majority, 85 to 90% are paid on the job training. Uh, and according to the province of Ontario, approximately 24,600 employers offer paid apprenticeships. The benefit to the industry is similar, uh, but it allows the industry to leverage the existing knowledge and helps projects be built faster and safer with new workers. Businesses also get access to younger workers to train and train and transition the next generation of the workforce. And it allows companies and unions in the industry to create loyal members or employees. And the government has also created a number of financial incentives to offset the cost of that training.
1: Yeah, you mentioned the gap in apprenticeships um, and sort of in, in the workforce of the, the construction industry as a whole. I'd love to hear your opinions on the importance of diversity and inclusion within the construction workforce. How can efforts in this area contribute to a healthier, a healthier labor market and improved industry status? Jeremy, let's start with you.
0: So I think diversity and inclusion is important in every industry, but especially important in the construction given the gap in skilled trades, which has been estimated to be approximately or will be approximately 71,800 workers over the next six years in Ontario with uh, demand and retirements. Um, With that said, you don't want to have significant segments of the Canadian population either not considering trades or not remaining in the trades if they have started that process. So it's a supply issue. Um, fostering a healthy and diverse labor market means addressing workplace culture and stopping racism, homophobia, or sexism, which can prevent people from entering the trades or push them out who are already in there. Again, once a critical mass of diverse groups or people are in the trades, some of the natural processes that have already happened in the industry will apply. And as many people enter jobs, like Vice Chair Slaughter said, that have a family connection. So it's important that you're Reaching across the community to ensure that those connections are made, um, and there's a number of initiatives uh, across the union and non-unionized sector from both unions and employers uh, to address that specifically with the culture, uh, which involves creating policies and practices that are enforced and creating standards um, with respect to a respectful and diverse workplace and creating meaningful and respectful relationships between workers and employers. And I think we're going to touch on it in a little more depth, but the Ontario government has also provided recent amendments that kind of uh, remove as much as possible barriers to entry um, and ensure that we're creating as diverse of a space as possible in the construction industry.
1: Those sound like some uh, great approaches and and techniques just to consider. Vice Chair Slaughter, is there anything that you would like to add?
2: Uh, Yes, there is. I agree with what Jeremy has said. And I think we have to consider the changing demographics going forward in toronto and southern ontario over the next few decades we're likely to experience growth in our latin american filipino south asian and east asian populations and we're likely to see increased participation of women in the construction trades therefore diversity and inclusion along with education are important components to make sure those people are successfully integrated into the workforce and businesses that do will see their success expanded and amplified because new people bring new ideas new skill sets or perhaps new markets so the progressive employer will implement policies that are sensitive to the concerns of younger workers will create a workplace that's free of discrimination and in particular regard to uh, female workers but other workers as well things like uh, proper protective equipment that will know fit the female body or someone that may not be a conventional body and uh, clean washrooms including including period positive washrooms all things that can make for a better construction site a more friendly employer to uh, diverse individuals and women
1: progressive employer Um, i do i do like that term so looking ahead what do you see as the most promising strategy for improving the labor market in canada's construction industry especially as stakeholders seek to address these challenges in the coming years Jeremy, let's
0: start with you. So I think it's, first off, it's it's a big problem. So it's going to involve short-term and long-term solution. Um, so in terms of the short-term solution uh, and something that can be done in the immediate, improving flexibility and recognition for tradespeople across jurisdictions in Canada. So everyone, I'm sure, listening to the podcast knows that the construction industry is provincially regulated, uh, but... The Red Seal program uh, is with respect to interprovincial standards, so meaning that someone from Manitoba who is a tradesperson can operate and work in Ontario. That will help to alleviate some of the immediate labor crunch to make sure that there's flexibility with the existing skilled labor across Canada. Uh, second, related to that, would be targeting skilled immigrants who already possess some of the skills uh, for skilled trades, whether they're a plumber, electrician, carpenter, et cetera, having Government policies that target those people specifically for an immigration uh, are two of the short term. Long term, I think it's continuing to advertise the trades uh, and skilled trades as a meaningful place for someone to start a business and have a long term career. Uh, It's important that we remove the stigma around trades within the education system as young people in Canada are often steered away from college or steered towards college and university by parents or guidance counsellors due to a misconception that skilled trade careers are low-skilled or low-paying with minimal job security and lack of long-term career prospects. It's actually quite the opposite. The construction uh, sector has been strong for almost my entire lifetime, and there's a significant investment in infrastructure and need for housing. We'll see that continue. And not only are lots of jobs in the construction industry good-paying jobs with benefits, both unionized and non-unionized, there's tremendous opportunity for growth and business opportunities. Many of our construction clients began on the tools and end up actually expanding and owning and growing their own business.
1: That's great. I, I do remember the the same sort of uh, focus being on my high, in my high school on uh, going to college, university, and, and kind of leaving the trades in the dust. Uh, Vice Chair Slaughter, is there anything else you would like to add?
2: I would. I want to talk both about some private sector initiatives and some things going forward. Two private sector initiatives I can think of to bring in people that may not have participated to any great degree in the construction industry. One is uh, efforts to bring in more Indigenous peoples. In particular, the operating engineers have a program to uh, bring in and train youth living on reserves and either operating earth-moving equipment or the hoisting equipment. So they're doing that in conjunction with uh, some provincial partners, and I think they're doing some training in the Northwest Territories as well, in conjunction with some Inuit and government partners up there. Another initiative across the construction industry is a program called Helmets to Hard Hats, which helps uh, individuals who have served in the Canadian military reintegrate into civilian life by transferring the skills they've learned in the military to work as carpenters, plumbers, sheet metal workers, electricians, and so on. Going forward, Nothing is ever stagnant, especially in the construction industry. So some technological initiatives I can think of, uh, cranes now often have complex uh, computerized load charts. You're going to see more and more of that. Uh, Electricians are not only learning traditional wiring, but they're learning smart technology uh, for modern buildings, temperature controls, and so on. Looking even further out, we're going to see the use of 3D printers, and we're going to see the use of artificial intelligence so I think it'll be very interesting if we had this conversation ten years from now, to see how those things had uh, integrated themselves into the construction workplace.
1: Absolutely, I think that the uh, I think every industry right now is sort of evolving in its in its own way with with tech and tools. Um, so I agree. In, in ten years, it'll be interesting to to see where we are. Vice Chair Slaughter, could you discuss the role of government policies and initiatives in addressing labor market challenges in the construction sector? Are there any notable success stories or areas of improvement you'd like to share?
2: Well, government is doing a number of things in a number of different ways. One thing is infrastructure spending. Uh, Unfortunately, in Toronto, a lot of the infrastructure we rely on roads, uh, sewer and water mains, and some of our buildings is aging. It needs to be replaced, uh, both for matters of health and safety, and matters of employment. So there's government initiatives in that regard, and we are seeing significant construction there. Home building is another area. There's various government initiatives and programs. For example, there's the GH GST and HST rebate on new housing. There's also the Ontario home renovation rebates. You know, so there, there's retrofits and, and upgrades available not only to you know large hotels and and shopping classes and so on but also to the individual homeowner some other things uh, we need to do we need to look at practical and transparent health and safety legislation so that protects our workers but doesn't unduly burden our contractors and another thing uh, is progressive immigration policies ontario has something called the ontario immigration nominee program it's a joint federal provincial initiative Trying to ensure that the construction industry has the necessary talent. And according to their website, we're looking for workers with the right skills, experience, and education. And I think Jeremy has touched on this. And we need to recognize skills that are obtained outside Canada and fast track those people. A last thing I might mention on the municipal front the Crosslinks uh, line that's going in across Toronto, there's something called the Crosslinks Community Benefit Program and that tries to bring in members from minority and underrepresented groups to be trained uh, to work in construction and gather some uh, skills they can use going down the road.
1: Sounds like there are some uh, great initiatives in place. Jeremy, are there any notable notable areas of improvement that you would like to share?
0: Uh I think to just to build on what Vice Chair Slaughter has mentioned, I think a, a overall theme is clearly the government has a large role that can play in terms of creating set incentives for individuals to think about joining the trades, whether that's tax rebates for employers to ing- get involved in reaching out to youth, again, with tax rebates or specific programs, like Vice Chair Slaughter mentioned um, with the Eglinton Crosstown project. I think another success story, again, in terms of government regulation has been the creation of Skilled Trades Ontario, um, which is an agency with a arm's length relationship to the ministry of labor, immigration training and skills development, and is responsible for apprenticeship and skilled trade certification in Ontario. So it's established in 2021 and it's committed to making it easier for skilled trades professionals to access services. Like we've talked about promoting careers in the skilled trades and aggress- and addressing the labor shortage. Um, so that's going to touch on many of the things that we mentioned here today. Another, important, I think, role for the government, not only in terms of creating the policy incentives and and legal challenges, or sorry, legal changes to address the challenges in the construction sector. Uh, the government also plays a role in outreach. Um, I've attended conferences where I've actually been fortunate enough to go onto the Trades and Tech Truck, which is part of Skilled uh, Skills Ontario, which Skills Ontario, again, is a mission statement, is to champion and stimulate the development of world-class technology and employable skills in Ontario youth. And in that truck, it allows, um, you know, whether they're middle schooler or high schoolers, kind of a chance to see a snapshot of specific trades and technologies that are available across Canada and hopefully spur interest in those students to consider uh, a career in the trades.
1: Thank you both so much for the insightful conversation today. There's definitely some great takeaways here for our listeners and some great resources um, for them to check out as well. Uh, Have a great rest of your day.
0: Thanks for listening to The Hammer. You can find episodes online at CanadianContractor.com or subscribe on your favorite podcasting service. The Hammer is presented by Canadian Contractor Magazine.